Hey everyone, this is Belgariad and Beyond, the show where we explore magical reality through fiction, chapter by chapter. And we've begun with the Belgariad series of books by David Eddings. This season we're reading book three, Magic Magic This season we're reading book three, Magician's Gambit. And today we're diving into chapter one. Chapter one, the story has started. Welcome to season three, episode two. My name is Sandra Turnbull. I am from the Goddess Kindled Universe. I run a publishing company and we publish all kinds of magical realism and guided meditation and esoteric teachings. Hi, I'm Alicia Seymour. I'm a fantasy author and story guide and I'm also soon to be publishing house uh, coming up. So that's exciting. Totally exciting. So yeah, welcome to the show. We're finally, we did the prologue last week. It's its own little story, you know, sets us up yeah. for the kind of, for the lands that we're traveling, that our characters are traveling into. And this week is the first chapter of us going into Maragor as we're traveling to Maragor. So That's right. I forgot that the map said Maragor at the beginning. Yeah, I get to put a new map in the show notes this week. Yeah. Okay, so I have to I have to learn the the terrain of Maragor. Yes, so yes, it seems to be bare in there, but I think that I don't know. I really like looking at the maps in the mm -hmm. context, like in getting an idea of how the author sees the world in 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 their head. Yeah, I agree. I, I wanted to put maps in my novels, but mm. I didn't draw a map for the first one in the series. And I drew one for the second one in the series just to help me out. Yep. Um, but I'm like, eh, they're already out in the world. <laughs> I, <don't laughs> wanna, I already messed with the first one once and republished. I don't want to do it again. Yeah, fair enough. Well, this chapter was a bit of a surprise. It's a little bit of a lighter tone and that's probably because it's in a different point of view yeah but we forgot Pulgara's cup oh holy shit I forgot how to <laughs> do my own show it's okay. thank you you can take over okay well um in my cup I have a turmeric Turmeric is how I pronounce it. Turmeric. <laughs> Turmeric. <laughs> Turmeric. <laughs> oh my gosh. A tonic of, of like turmeric because I, this last week, I felt it coming on, but this last week it's been really heavy. Like this, my joints ache, my back's always hurting. Um, I'm getting headaches a little bit again, which I haven't been having. And I think it's most majority, I think it's because I haven't been eating and drinking properly. Uh, like I said, I've been having a glass of wine every evening and I'm sure that's contributing. Uh, yeah. Oh, dang. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. Cause I'll wake up in the morning when I wake up in the morning, I, f I feel like shit. It's like, I don't oh, have energy. Honey. I want to keep sleeping, but I know I need to get up and, and have my quiet time. Um, 
Yeah. So the last two nights I haven't had any wine and I still, I'm still waking up feeling like shit, but I'm, I'm like, maybe it needs to like really clear out of your yeah. body for a week or something and see if you feel better. And I guess, I guess you kind of got to be proactive in setting yourself up for dealing with the heavy energy of the world at the moment. Yeah, that too. And um, I, I want to find a way to, there's got to be like one day a week where I meal prep. Like I hate, I hate doing that. I hate spending a day prepping meals. But I think that's what I have to do because what happens is I get lost in my work during the day, especially now that it's literally work or, or kids, yeah, work or kids until like five o'clock in the afternoon. And sometimes I'll find myself now working later than that, which I have to probably stop doing. But uh, then I don't eat, right? I go and grab a bag of gluten-free chips or gluten-free or, or vegan macaroni and cheese. And it's like, there's no nutrition, first of all, but also there's a lot of calories and that's that kind of stuff. What and are I the know kids calories. eating? Well, that's the thing is I get them some meals going. And by the time that's done, I'm like, forget cooking for myself because I can't cook for myself what they, they won't eat what I eat. So it'd be like, it's cooking two different things. So of course I make sure that they have their food, but then by that time I'm already over it and I don't want to cook anymore. So yeah, that's a problem for me, but mm. on, on the bright side of the work stuff, it's been fun because I have a plan in place now that I actually can see growth happening um, with my books and with helping people who are interested in writing a book. And it's not with coaching, not coaching. It's just being present for people by sharing what I know about what I've found with writing books and mm -hmm. if they want to like maybe join a monthly membership or something like that where I would just teach on a topic and they can listen in or something like that mm -hmm. but uh so it's been fun like making the funnels I don't know if anybody knows about funnels but if you are yeah. an entrepreneur in any way you do know but it's basically how you have people come into your world and, and give them all the value you can give and then let them know this is how they can either read your book, go buy it, or for example, join a monthly membership or something to get more. And so that's been a lot of fun. And, and I, I have it almost all ready to just put it out and then just start bringing people into it. Um, so Where are you going to, how are you going to do your monthly membership? What platform? Well, probably Zoom. <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. We're just to zoom and they can like, just listen in. There'd be like teaching for 30, 40 minutes and then like a short Q and a. Okay. Um, no, no. I just, I wondered if you had a specific platform that you were sort of um, having them join, like um, to manage the payments for you. This is me with my company director hat on. I, I should probably I stop right now. because. Well, I, no, I mean, I use Stripe. So I would set up Stripe on my website and they yep. can enroll, pay there. And yep. then as soon as they pay, then they get bumped into that. Yep. You know. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. So they couldn't get on Zoom until they'd done all that. But Okay. Um, so, so yeah, that's been fun. It's like cool. my nerdy side. Yes. And then just, just still just dealing with stress of 
of motherhood during quarantine. So yep. Yep. that's my week. Okay. So my cup, my cup is a glass of crisp and chilled elderflower mead. It seemed appropriate at the time when I was thinking about this afternoon because the sun was glowing. It was really golden in the afternoon sky, evening sky. We've hit that time of longer light. And so, you mm -hmm. know, it's really pretty. And it was the first warm day. Like I'm sitting here and had to take my little card, my little short sleeve cardigan off because I was warm, you know? So nice, we've hit yeah. that really lovely, it was the first sort of summery, summery day. Well, spring, you know, that warm kind of weather. And, um, yeah, so and we're turning the soil like we. I say we, but it's really my fiancé doing all of the digging, <laughs> turning the soil over in our backyard um, to reseed it because we grow a we, – we have a wildflower meadow instead of lawn in our backyard. So it's time to sort of dig it all over and throw out some new seeds so the flowers can come up again. Nice. It kind of turned into all just grass, pretty much, with not very many flowers left. Um, and so it just feels like, you know, like I'm I'm breathing more clearly. And it's interesting. I did a my first yoga nidra um, meditation this afternoon after work, and because I'm I'm doing yoga again with my daughter <laughs> in Australia. Uh, we've set up, I've set up this secret uh, Facebook group just for her and I. And it's called mm -hmm. I Don't Want a Yoga. Because <laughs> <laughs> both of us are shocking. Neither of us want to do it, but it was really good for us. And then we feel better when we do. And I've got to be yeah. really careful with yoga in my hips, you know, yeah. see previous episodes of the show um, so that they don't, I don't flare them up. Because I've got like a, um, some sort of like oh, I forget the word for it but it's where the, the the leg bone where it fits into the hip socket it it, it gets irritated or it, anyway a bit misshapen whatever but I have to be careful how much load yeah. I put on it or it gets very sore um, so Yashi and I are doing that and we live stream our session as like an accountability. So I pick the session that we're going to do and I put it into the group and then um, I generally do it first because time zones. Mm -hmm. And I live stream, like each of us live streams our own session and put into the group like to show that we actually did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it seems to be working. Anyway, so today I did my first yoga nidra. And it was so like I finished it and like I teach guided meditation. I've taught meditation for bloody decades. And this is the first time I've done this particular style of guided meditation. I really liked it. And so I finished it and I just could feel the space around me opening up. And so in my life is just these layers of magical metaphor, you know, the ground outside in the backyard is opening, getting opened up and turned over. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing these new, you know, wonderful energetic and spiritual and physical exercises for myself that are opening me up and helping yeah. me to breathe through all this stuff. So, um, and 
I know that it's shifting stuff in me because I've lightened like the way that I'm feeling the world around me. And we know what the world around us is like at the moment. It's really heavy. It's really mm -hmm. foggy. And it's quite dense. And I'm feeling light through all of that. And even to the extent that I'm able to be present for a dear, dear friend whose mother-in-law has just died in hospital alone without the presence of her very, very close family in the room because they had to, she had to be in quarantine and she was in ICU and she couldn't. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, so we're back into the episode. I think that I was up to in Polgar's cup. I'd just been talking about the mother-in-law of a dear friend of ours who had passed away from yeah. complications. Um, like she was, she had been sick, but then she contracted COVID-19 while she was very vulnerable and she ended up dying. But we think mm -hmm. that her, she actually probably died from the other problems yeah but of course she couldn't nobody could go near her and it was very sad and I just I'm noticing that there's all of this heaviness and confusion and sadness going on in the world but I'm not feeling the need to over nurture because mm -hmm. you know we've talked about this before my tendency to you know it shows up I get physical symptoms you know I'm sad and I, I, I can let myself feel that that feeling that grief like I can feel yeah. it um, and um, it's actually, it's sound, it's going to sound, it might sound weird, but it's really relaxing and it feels kind of sweet, this sensation that sort of passes through me and, and it's really, um, an it's very interesting, but it feels more deeply loving than any of my fussing and worry ever did. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like yeah. a, bigger kind of love it's wonderful so that's that's yeah. sort of where I'm at at the moment and that's still true yeah. this week as it was last week yeah that's a good place to be because I feel that that feeling comes from understanding that when somebody well some of it when somebody passes on they're not gone they've just changed no. into something else yeah. something that we can't grasp with this human mind they're still there well you know what you know i it's interesting i i think that you can one could make that even more graspable for want of a better word but you know energy doesn't ever disappear there's no new energy mm -hmm. in the universe there's no there's no energy that leaves the universe it's all here it just changes form. We know that. And so the form that someone who dies takes on, that energy, you know, it could, like the physical material of our physical bodies literally goes into making up everything around us. Like it goes in, you know, that that energy goes into everything around us. It's, it's not even necessarily 
a particularly spiritual thing, depending on your spiritual bent. It's totally spiritual for me, but like it just goes into the physicality of our surroundings and becomes greater than this, this, that one body that the person was, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's so many ways to look at that. That's such a big conversation. And I love having that conversation and just exploring the ideas and the what ifs and the, you know yeah and I think you're just in a place right now where you're really deep into that you know and so it makes it easier to let it go rather than feel like you need to worry about yeah it's really um you know that that's that's just that's the part of life that we all will face at some point even for ourselves oh I just love that spiraling feeling yeah So it's, you know, the need to worry is because we worry when we're too attached to the physical world. We worry for other people. means we're still too attached to the physical world too. Yeah. Well, we all are to some degree. Yeah. But But there's different levels and you don't want to be consumed by it. No, I'm not not afraid. I don't feel afraid. I feel a vast love mm-hmm. that's showing up in lots of different ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm really loving the, the silver lining of all of this in the world right now. Mm. Um, just seeing and hearing about the way the world is healing itself. Like the planet is healing yep. itself right now. Yep. Um, that always just makes me feel like complete peace with all of this. Yep. And I could still say the same, even if I did know somebody personally who passed away yep. from COVID-19, I would still feel the same way. Yep, absolutely. I just, yeah, you know, it's a big shift and I can't wait to see what happens next. I know. And they start letting us out again. <laughs> oh, <is> it, <laughs> they start um, letting us out again. <laughs> Yeah. The earth is going to be like, oh no, the humans are emerging. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Embrace yourself. Embrace yourself. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So that's Polgar's cup. <laughs> oh my God. It's allergy so, time, right? Pardon? Ah, oh, that might be what it is, Allergies. you know. All of the blossoms are out on the trees, and like, yeah. this is so. Fucking, I mean, had the freaking cotton chip with coconut oil. I had dug it into the coconut oil and stuck it up my nose. Like, because uh, it's so fucking dry up there. And oh, my, trying to blow it. And it's like hard, crusty, you know, mm-hmm. craggy boulders right up there lodged up in my sinuses. And I can't blow it out. So, thrilling. The feeling like there's something in there, but actually oh, nothing's in there. Oh, my it's just God. Just like swelling. Awful 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 so anyway that's what, that's what i was doing this after with coconut oil and the cotton tip up my nose mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there you go yeah i go in and out of that too with my nose right now and i know it's the, um everything is blooming mm. <sighs> okay well garyan's view give us garyan's view of the uh with, with second interrupted mm-hmm. you the first chapter chapter one this is the first chapter yes chapter one after the prologue so 
I was surprised that we were with Sinidra's point of view in this chapter. Like I got that right away. So that mm -hmm. was interesting. So the crew's back on their journey on the ship. They're headed towards someplace I forget the name of. But Sinidra is Marigold. Um, okay. Because Mr. Wolf said they need to go see their master, right? Oh, okay. The Vale. They're headed. I've got to go to the Vale. Okay. So that's where they're heading. And Sinidra is just on the ship kind of observing everybody. Like and we get to see how she views some of the individuals, which is kind of cool. Yep. Um, but the most uh, person she notices the most is Gary, and she's even thinking about how, why she's so observant of him all the time. She can't stop looking his way. And like towards the end of the chapter, she she overhears this important conversation between Mr. Wolf and Gary, and yep. that kind of gives her a little bit more into what's going on. Yep. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we'll get into Wolf's Wisdom, which is our chapter discussion where we get into the chapter in a little bit more detail. So I do really enjoy the way this chapter starts. And I think it deserves just a little, just a little, I'm just going to read it because every time I read this, I just, I don't know, it makes me smile. Like just, and it, it's such a, a perfect tone and like a way of bringing Sinedra's personality off the page I think mm -hmm. so here's the um here's the first couple of sentences her imperial highness princess Sinedra jewel of the house of Baroon and the loveliest flower of the Tolnedran empire sat cross-legged on a sea chest in the oak-beamed cabin beneath the stern of Captain Greldick's ship nibbling thoughtfully on the end of a tendril of her coppery hair as she watched the Lady Polgara attend to the broken arm of Belgarath the Sorcerer. It's just like, yeah, you know, all of the important things and then she's sitting on a chest mm -hmm. in a ship watching something. So she's just like, I just love it. But yeah, we kind of get like a little bit of background with her remembering how she got to this point. Like she's just thinking back to how, how do I even end up in this situation with these people? Yeah. And she's going all the way back to Jeebers and yeah. how he betrayed her, and you know, just kind of how she feels about all of. It's all absolutely happened. dreadful, according to in her mind. It's absolutely dreadful. <laughs> yeah, but it is. It is interesting, you know. She, it was a game, you know, just a game that she and her father play you know the power play that goes to and fro between she and her father and has done forever it's nothing serious right. it's nothing important and now all of a sudden you know she never expected it to go this far yeah right um and she doesn't under she doesn't really understand anything that's going on and i think it, it there's a lot in here it talks about how um the Tom Nedrin mind doesn't really accept sorcery, which I think is kind of an interesting position when she's seen it performed. So she sort of is confused, I think, a little bit and doesn't really understand. Yeah, it would make sense. If she grew up with that whole perspective of not 
um, believing in that kind of stuff to her yeah. it would be like you know yeah not, um, not easy to grasp yeah exactly and you know so she 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 doesn't really uh, grasp that part of it fully but she does grasp the power especially of lady pogara mm -hmm. she's like the most important woman in the world so she understands the concept of power and she is even maybe a little bit afraid of pogara right yeah i got that from this chapter from the the time that she told her i forget when it was but she said something to her like basically your games aren't going to work with me, you know, so knock them off kind of yeah. talk. Yeah. Around the wood of the dryads when she, um, when Sinedra was trying to be flippant and say, Oh, you know, there's this silly accord. I'm not going to go to the hall of the reaping King. He doesn't exist anyway. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. And so I think she was really intimidated with Aunt Paul since then. Yeah. And I, well, you know what? I wonder if it's that she's intimidated or whether she, not like not personally intimidated for her, for her safety, but she, she desperately wants to avoid presenting herself to the Hall of the Riven King because it would be a humiliation as far as she's concerned. And if she doesn't appear to want to go willingly she's pretty sure pogara is going to drag her there in chains because that's what pogara told her she was going to do <laughs> if she mucked up mm -hmm. and it's the hum the possibility that she would be so humiliated more than anything i think that intimidate that cows her into obedience whilst she's constantly looking for a way to get her own way mm -hmm. yeah could be because power seems power is really important to her, I reckon. <laughs> um, yeah, I think so. I just I think that she hasn't hacked actually had enough practice with, with like real power to understand what what it means, you know, to really have power. That yeah, I think she sees power as as just being commanding and having everybody be afraid and. And just well, do what ex she says. Exactly. I think it's 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 interesting the different kinds of powers that uh, this story explores. Like her understanding of power is a very political. She's it's a very political power that she understands. And so I I think maybe she's trying to translate that understanding across to trying to understand how sorcerers fit into the hierarchy of the power structure that she and she's familiar with and maybe that's why she gets so confused about how because yeah. she can't fit it into her reality that makes sense yeah <laughs> two different kinds of power yeah <laughs> i don't understand political power at all but that's where she's at and how she grew up. Yeah. Yeah. And she, then she, so yeah, she understands Folgara. Belgrath, she really has no clue where he fits into anything because he just like is this, this disreputable old man who, you know, is a grot and lies and cheats and just, but everyone 
uh-huh. gives way to and respects and and she sort of has to remind herself and garyan well garyan's just his grandson right <laughs> so what does that make garyan i don't know maybe that's why she's so confused by garyan she thinks and after his comments about Salma Isra being the most beautiful woman he'd ever seen, <laughs> yeah. she probably thinks he's exactly like Belgrath. Yeah. That after he just kissed her and then he says that another woman's the most beautiful woman he'd seen, right? Uh-huh. Um, okay. it, he could come off. He could yep, come yeah. off as, as like a Belgrath uh, as she perceives him. Okay, cool. Yep, know? yep, yep. <laughs> I see what you're saying, yes. But she, she, I don't know, she obviously has a crush on Garion because she keeps, right. like, she's so interested in everything about him. Oh, you know, I don't know. Maybe they're the only two that are about the same age. They're about the same age. They're together all the time. So maybe it's not so much a crush as a... Uh, I think this chapter made it clear that it was a crush. <laughs> okay. The way she's described watching him and she's nibbling on her hair and, and thinking as she her eyes keep wandering back to him, you know? Yeah. It's kind yeah. of like that playful young girl thing to do when you're starting to fall for somebody. You could get lost in those daydreams and yeah. You know, Push yourself. Your and she gets cross with herself because she's like she she realizes she's putting herself in positions where she can observe him. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah, anyway, Polgar is tending to Belgrad's arm and it's all good and it's just a simple break. And so she fixes it all up and Belgrad gets cross because, you know, he's like, Oh, you enjoyed that hurting me. And she's like, Well, you know, it had to be set. Would you rather be healed crooked? And so she's doing her very straight-faced carving knife with the elbow while it'll just have to come off and Belgrave's yeah. having a little tanty. <laughs> <laughs> I need a drink, he says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he's just grouchy about the whole thing with Silk making fun of him. But the, the tree yeah. falling on him. Yeah. I've always thought it was a bit weird, like just a bit bizarre yeah, was... like a like a strange kind of thing to have happen but i don't know i thought the same thing i thought for a while i thought it was just a cover-up story yeah me too the way, the way silk carries on with, with laughing about it so much is like it has to be real yeah. though i definitely think it is real but i didn't understand i didn't when i first read it the very first time i didn't understand yeah <laughs> it's just a weird way a tree I mean, fell on him <laughs> i mean they even tell the story here in this chapter right and it's just like random that he's walking and the tree just goes plop right as he's going like, under it it's just a tree fell on him yeah it's weird i just think it's weird that it's never explained later that somebody actually did it to try to kill him or no you know? I can say that right now. It's not a spoiler. It's just weird. (laughs) Yeah, it is weird. So anyway, they talk about how the tree fell on him. (laughs) It was just like an accident. It just happened. to. It was a rotten tree. It fell on him when he was walking under it. That's about it. 
it was just not really much of a story. So they talk about um, Zadar's trail. Yep, they followed following him. it. The orb, like Zeta had the orb and his he was mm-hmm. heading straight for Nyssa and then right at the last, it did cross the border into Nyssa but then it turned east immediately and didn't head for this tour. And that had been a surprise because they'd assumed that Zeta had something going with Salmisra but that it turns out that that's not what had happened, what was going on at all and he took off to the east and I'll put a map in the show notes so that people can see um you know get a bit of context about that about where he's heading and and Polgara mentions that she's taking care of Salmistra and we'll tell Belgrath about it later and because you know remember she's a snake now <laughs> right that'd be an interesting uh, I'd like to witness it when she tells him what she did <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then they, so Silk and Belgrath followed um, Zeta's trail a bit more, and they ended up in one of the ruined cities near the old near the Marag border, and that's when Belgrath has a visitor that mm-hmm. Silk couldn't see, but he, he sort of then came back and said, "Well, they were going to have to turn around and go back to join the others in this tour." And um, they sort of had to hot foot it because suddenly the jungles full of mergos yep and they did touch on that um messenger too remember yeah uh, messenger that arrived and was ill and polgaro was trying to save him all that and i thought it was like a big um like a scheme to yes get polgaro out of the boat and all that ah uh, so now you know that it wasn't the case yeah but also it good. gives us um uh a ref time reference mm-hmm. they talk about it they talk about they sent the messenger and Paul says that he got through the day before yesterday. So all of this has happened like in a matter of two days. The messenger, Garion getting kidnapped, them saving Garion and getting back, getting Belgarath and stood back on the boat. This has only been like two days with all of that yeah. going on. Yeah, it's eventful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, they, they mentioned the... Um, or Silk is, is explaining how Belgrath was visited, but he couldn't see who he's talking to kind of thing, right? Yeah. And and Belgrath says his name is Beltira, uh, who he was talking to. So what happens now? Oh, the other thing that we need to know before we get into Beltira um, is that the orb is no longer with Zeta. Mm-hmm. As soon as he crossed the Mergo border, Tuchik took the orb from Zeta. So Tuchik is the Grolem High Priest, and he was waiting for Zeta when he crossed the border into Thol Mergos, and Zeta escaped, but he had to leave the orb behind. Mm-hmm. So, so that's maybe an important point to know. So now Zeta has gone back to Torak, we think, and okay. Tuchik has taken the orb wherever Tuchik goes. Okay. So then they start talking, then Paul starts questioning Belgrath about speaking with Beltira. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really um, get that much out of what um, 
him and Beltira spoke about, but well, it doesn't really. It doesn't really. Much. Yeah, I was just on that page and I lost it again. Um, here it is. Bill, it says Beltira didn't go into any into any of the details. All he told me was that two chick was waiting when Zadar crossed the border. Okay, that's that part. And okay, I like the part okay, so that's how they found out. Beltira told yeah. them all about that. Okay, good. Yeah, and I like the part of somebody uh, who was asking him, did you speak with Beltira? And Belgarath's answer is, I spoke with his mind. I think it's Paul he's talking to here at this stage. Uh, okay. Yeah, I liked that um, he spoke with his mind. It's definitely Paul because she says, Does, did he say why the master wants us to go to the Vale? Yeah. The master, so that's Aldor because he yes. says Aldor wants us to go there? Yes. Okay. It's going to take months to get there, according yeah. to Polgara. Yeah. That's like a big sidetrack from yep. what they were initially. 250 leagues from where they are to the Vale. Mm -hmm. the veil that's from game of thrones is it really there's a veil in game of thrones it's pretty awesome uh -huh. i was curious to see the veil on this story okay cool yeah so belgras yep um i know it's a long way but aldra wants us to go there i'm not going to start disobeying him after all these years that's what we're doing mm -hmm. and um paul's concerned that two chicks got the orb at rakthol which is the Mergo city. And Belgraf doesn't seem concerned at all. He's sort of, he's like, Torak couldn't make it submit to him. He tried for over 2,000 years. There's no way yeah. that, you know, there's no problem. He's not going to do anything. Um, he can't hide it from me. He'll be there when I decide to go get him. Mm -hmm. I know how to deal with that magician. So he's very contemptuous of Tuchik. Right. Um, and then Paul's sort of like, well, what's Zadar going to be doing? Zadar apparently has moved Torak from the place that he'd been hidden. And Belgrath reckons they can, he's probably just going to take Torak's body as far away from Rakthol as he possibly can. Um, which is interesting. I wonder why. So Raxol is where the orb will be now and where Ketuchik is. And Zeta and Belgrath reckons Zeta is going to take Torak's body as far away from there as he can. Yeah, I was wondering that when I read it. Other than that the orb is what destroyed Torak in the first place that maybe there's some magic between the orb and, and Torak. But wasn't he trying to take the orb to Torak? Are you, okay, Zadar was trying to take the orb or who was? Or do we think that Zadar just wanted it for himself? Well, didn't they mention that at one point? Like Belgarath thought, Belgarath thought that he wanted he it for was, himself. Yeah, he was gonna try to overrule Torak and become leader himself or something. Ah, okay. So maybe now that he doesn't have the orb, he's gone, oh shit. What do I do now? Oh, my fallback position. I'll just go back to Torak. 
Maybe so. And like find a way to wake them up and then play the victim in it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yep. That makes sense. <laughs> okay, good. So is that the end of the, all the story stuff? Yeah. Get back to... Now we get back to Sinedra observing everybody and sort of he, she goes from to each person in the party trying to work out and it sort of talks about how she feels about it all and right. um you know they, they, she starts with this jewel the orb what's so special about a jewel <laughs> yeah and um she says that it sounds like one of the mourn myths She'd heard from a storyteller in her father's court years before. Um, so, I, I think that's a, that's a typo. It sounds like one of the Alorn, Alorn Alorn, Alorn myths. So the Alorns are like the Cherks and the Josnians and the Ribbons. Okay. Okay. So um, this reminds me of something. I can't pull it out. Um, but yeah, so everybody has heard this story as like a myth. It's like um, we would hear fairy tales as children. This is what children's stories were in this yeah. world. Yeah. And now she's hearing it all as if it were um, fact. Is it? You know, she's part of the people who are <laughs> trying to, um, you know, accomplish this. Yeah. And it's very like her mind turns to Belgarath, and she's like, "It's huh, funny." The sorcerer in that legend was named Belgarath as well. Right. He's probably <laughs> taken this name on, you know, because that would make him thousands of years old. That's ridiculous. So yeah. he must have just named himself after the ancient hero, you know, to impress people. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, to because this gets all too just ridiculous for her mind. Once again, her eyes wander to Garion, and we're just right back on the. Um, yeah you know her uh, with her Garyan observations and yeah I'm sorry my dog is looking and biting <laughs> she's, okay. looks, she's looking and biting my arm does she want to go something. outside or something no she just gets like this sometimes she's a okay puppy. she's, a puppy. she's gonna say hi she hi sweetie hi. oh my hi. goodness she's so adorable she's a big I call her big head because she's got a chocolate lab ears. is she yeah She's a big sweetheart. Now she's cuddling. Oh, uh, yeah. So she just goes back to like her back and forth with Gary and, and why she keeps staring at him. Well, she's, she's, she's a bit confused because Gary doesn't try to impress her. Mm -hmm. And all the other boys she's ever met have, of course, doted on her and tried to, you know, be charming and witty. And Gary just, just doesn't. And she's not quite sure how to take it. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. It's different. She's like, she's like, how could she possibly deal with him if he was going to ref to refuse flatly to make a fool of himself for her benefit? Right. And she's also confused because he's that way, first of all. And second of all, right after she kissed him, he made the comment about Selmy's from being the most yeah. beautiful woman he'd ever seen. So yeah. she's kind of like, maybe he's just not into me. Maybe he's just. Really yeah, weird. she has a little moment of doubt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think he was just still under the fog of it all. I don't know that. Well, 
I mean, I guess. It's that, I, I guess. Know. But I think but you know, maybe he's just being honest. Yeah. Like, he does, when he was the there, thing- he did He did sort of say, if he did sort of reflect that if he hadn't been so loaded up with drugs, he would have felt repelled. Right. So when he's saying to Sinedra there that she was the most beautiful woman in the world, he's remembering through a, like a really distorted perception. Yeah, that's what I'm, my meaning is uh, he's, yeah, he's um, saying it because he's in a way, he's still under the influence because he only has the memory, the memory of being under the influence with her whatever yeah. she was giving him okay i understand you know but yeah. the way that it just comes out of him it's kind of like yeah you know even somebody who's never been with a girl before or something it was the first kiss and all that should know that <laughs> you don't say that <laughs> no okay he's a bit even clueless <laughs> even if it's being honest he's a and that's, why, <laughs> that's why i think some of the um whatever she gave him you know it's still it's not in him anymore but it's it's still the memory just has him so foggy that it doesn't yeah. he can't think clearly about any of it okay I, uh, oh, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just defending Gary in right now that's okay that's all that's totally okay you are allowed to do that uh, uh, yeah. so uh the ash fall sort of clears away and they can go back up on deck again and so Sinedra escapes you know into the fresh air mm-hmm. and this is where she encounters you know she sees Garion and Belgarath sitting up in the sheltered spot of the bow of the ship where Garion likes to sit yep and uh she this is where she overhears them talking about a few things yeah one being the voice Garion's head which it seems like Belgrath has just heard of this yeah which I thought was interesting because I would have thought this was something Belgrath would have been aware of the whole time no I don't know it's been a very intimate thing that just just Garion has known about it until he's told them so it's not something that's common to happen even when if you're a sorcerer like this other voice it appears it appears not mm-hmm. yeah so they're they're talking about it and he's letting garen's letting him know it's always been there but belgrath is like he's really skeptical about all of this whereas everyone or garen has felt this to be his companion and has helped him out of things belgrath brings the other perspective of what if it's not? What if it's an enemy? Mm-hmm. And I'm curious where he's coming up with that thought. Because obviously he's not pulling it out of the air. Well, let me just see. Is Belgarath actually worried? Does it, does it say that? It says it here somewhere. Let me find it. He does question him about whether it's separate from him. And whether the voice has ever actually done anything besides talk to Garion. He does ask, he does sort of question him quite closely to find out how it operates. And he seems to be satisfied after Garion explains that 
No, the voice doesn't actually do anything. He ex it explains to Garion how to do things, and then Garion is the one who does them. Right. It's at the end, like after they have a little bit more conversation about some of the stuff Garion's done, and, yeah. and Belgrass says, "I tried to warn you to not keep it in, so yeah. we'll train you yeah. and all that." And then Belgrath says, let's get back to this other voice of yours. I need to know more about it. I don't want you carrying an enemy around in your mind. Let me just have a look. Where is this? Garion's response is, it's not an enemy. It's on our side. Belgrath says, it might, it might seem that way, but things aren't always what they seem. I'd be a lot more comfortable if I knew just exactly what it is. I don't like surprises. Yep. Well, I mean, fair enough, because they have already dealt with um, Ashrak possessing Garion to some degree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just thought it was interesting that uh, Belgrath brought up the word enemy. Okay. With yeah. Referring to the voice in Garion's head. Like, what's making him think it would be an enemy? Probably something connected to Ashrak or uh, Torak well, yeah, or be something. Yeah, because it's happened before, so... And it's not something that he's encountered and it's obviously been with Gary in his whole life and he's only just finding out about it. So, yeah, I can understand that he wants to know more. Yeah. And, and then, I don't know, did you want to touch on anything else that happened all before all no, that? No, it's or? all good. You can close out now. All right. Yeah, I was curious how it ended with um, Princess Sinedra obviously heard all of this. Yeah. Um, but she, she gets lost in thought. And then at the back of her, it says in the back of her devious and complex little mind, an idea was beginning to take shape. Uh, and then the chapter ends. So I'm kind of like, hmm, I have no idea what that would be. But Well, a little mm -hmm. bit before that, when they're talking about all of the things that like Belgarath is explaining to Gary and exactly how much power he's already been showing as far as magic goes, you know, with the monk and different things and all of the stuff that, they said that Polgara did through him. Uh, he sort of says to Belgrath, yeah, but you told me, ah, Pol did that. And he's like, oh, I lied. I do that. And so it's they're talking about the enormity of his power, basically, and that it's there. It's always going to be there. And he has to learn to control it. And then it had, there's a little comment in here, in here that the Princess Sinedra gets a bit smug because, you know, Belgras just confirmed something that she had already told Garion. And he just needs to stop being so stubborn and let us, you know, let us guide him so we can, you know, shape his life to our satisfaction. <laughs> that would be great. Mm -hmm. So I thought that. So this is, this is probably something to do with the little idea that she's got brewing in her mind, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. End of chapter. <sighs> Did you like that one? Yeah, it's a good one. Cool. What magic did you like? Oh, well, speaking of what I was just speaking about, um, it's, I don't know. I wasn't, I, I wrote this in last week and I was not in a good Oh, wow. Yeah, week. yeah. Okay. Yep. Sorry. So I couldn't I couldn't think clearly enough to find some real magic, but I chose Bel Belgarath's. I couldn't type either. Belgarath's perspective that the voice in Garion's mind could be an enemy, mm -hmm. because I chose this as magic because it never once occurred to me in all this time 
that it was something bad. I always thought like, yeah, this yep. is, and this, you know, and so to me, it was like magic because it was an epiphany of like, oh, wow. I never, yeah, I it never could thought be of some it that sort way. Of evil magic going on. Yeah. Very good. Oh, I can feel a thing in my throat. That's not good. Swelling. What else? Hmm. Okay. Uh, my magic is Beltira visiting Belgareth with his mind. I like that. Yeah. Yep. That's a good one. And what's your real life relating? The way Self like is laughing and teasing Belgareth about the tree falling on him. Uh-huh. It reminds me, and I'm sure a lot of us have this experience as a kid, but when I was a kid, I specifically remember I was at my house. My cousin was over. Him and I were like brothers, sisters growing up together because he was always with us. His, his mom was an old, uh, single mom and she worked a lot. So we'd have him. And then we had a neighbor kid who was our age and he had a little brother. They were over. And the little brother came out of nowhere and just smacked me so hard on the nose, like direct on with his hand. Oh my God. So, you know how strong little kids are when they put all of it into it. Yeah. So I just, my whole face hurt and I started crying and like, I was trying to be tough because they're all boys, right? And I'm like, yeah. oh man, this is embarrassing. I kind of liked the boy that was the neighbor. So I was like, this is really embarrassing. And then my cousin, him and I are super close now, so I can say this, was being a little jackass and like, <laughs> just starts laughing and pointing at me and like, and um, then the friend just joins in and I was so embarrassed and I felt oh, like I, I can relate. I yeah. can relate to um, Belgarath. why Belgarath was so like, just shut up and leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, my real life relating is um, Sinedra's machinations to shape Garion for his, for his own benefit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so familiar. Um you know, I was talking before in Pogara's Cup about the fact that I'm not fussing and, you know, I've got taken that step back. But um, I've been, I'm doing a lot of shadow work at the moment to shift through that desire of mine to help, you know, in, in air quotes, help everyone, you know, because of course I know best. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm doing a lot of work, a lot of shadow work there. And it's, you know, I'm feeling lighter as I was mentioning before and feeling this greater sense of love. So I think it's working. Good. That sounds like some Yes, good I work. could see a lot of me in Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> Helping people for their own good. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Prophecy Speaks. Yay. changed mine a little bit from last week because last week I uh it resolved itself oh good I think I was I was actually detoxing from wine uh -huh. yeah you that. were achy you wanted to know what the joint aches and the muscle aches were all about yeah and it's weird because you don't think of it 
when you just you're a casual drinker it's not like I was drinking tons of alcohol I just uh, had a glass of wine yeah that night but I was doing it for almost a month and I could feel my body start to I could feel it stiffening and I was yep. like I think it's the wine yep so I just stopped not even thinking and then for like five days it was just like Aching. I felt like I had the flu yeah you were detoxing yeah it was terrible okay so, so that's behind me though and I'm I'm over a week without any wine in my system, but this week I, I uh, miss wine. I do too. <laughs> I still, I still miss it, but I'm close enough to the memory of what that felt like to not be tempted. <laughs> to not be tempted. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> give, me a, give me another couple months. I'll probably have a glass, but yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll try not to ever do it every night again. Yeah. Just no. Like once well, a see, week that's the or thing. something. I can have a glass of wine and enjoy it and then it's fine. I'm just, you know, the very occasional. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I'm going to have to do it. Yep. Um, but what's come up after all that got better is now I've been waking with headaches again. Have you? And then in, in the day feeling fatigued again mm -hmm. where I need to nap. And mm -hmm. I know I went through this pretty hardcore about a year ago. Uh -huh. And all of that is what's led into my dizziness troubles. So I'm kind of like, get on it now before yeah. that kicks in. So uh, I'm just asking for some guidance. I think it's probably my iron is low again. Okay. Uh, and start taking that, but I'm just going to see what else might come up. And I'm using a new earth by Eckhart Tolle. And I think just before you go into it, you're talking about your, your iron might be low, but you think there's something else to it. That's an important thing to realize that physical manifestations of issues, diseases or injury even, will always have an emotional, spiritual component that goes along with them. And very often when something is reoccurring in our system, like a, uh, something that we heal from, but it comes back straight away or something that lingers and just doesn't ever quite go away the reason that it's anchored in our systems so firmly is very often and i really i have a lot of experience working with people on the spiritual and emotional aspects of physical problems which when they uh, uh work through and and sort of he heal on those other levels the physical stuff most of the time either greatly diminishes or completely clears. So I'm not just saying that as some sort of uh, esoteric, you know, mumbo jumbo thing. That's just something that I've worked with people on over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I just thought I'd say that before you. Yeah. I found that to be true in my own life. Yeah. In my body. So that's what kind of what I'm looking for is like, I know it's probably low iron and yep. After two days of increasing my iron intake again, I do feel better today. Yeah. But it is kind of like, well, why? Yeah, this if this is a recurring up? thing. Right. Yeah. So let's see. What I find here. Um, okay. Relatively insignificant things that someone else would shrug off with a smile or not even notice become the apparent cause of intense unhappiness. They are, of course, not the true cause, but only act as a trigger. They bring back to life the old accumulated emotion. The emotion then moves into the head. 
<laughs> the emotion then moves into the head. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Eckhart's plugged into Alicia's life. <laughs> yeah. And amplifies and energizes the egoic mind structures. Pain body and ego are close relatives. They each need each other. The triggering event or situation is then interpreted and reacted to through the screen of a heavily emotional ego. Mm. This is to say its significance becomes completely distorted. You look at the present through the eyes of the emotional past within you. In other words, what you see and experience is not in the event or situation, but in you. Mm. Or in some cases, it may be there in an event or situation, but you amplify it through your reaction. This reaction, this amplification is what the pain body wants and needs what it feeds on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously that's directed. <laughs> I, I knew I could count on Eckhart Tolle with this I don't song. think we actually need to do any interpretation. <laughs> no, I, I think it is just that um, obviously um, it's my pain body flaring up again does something does something come up though does something uh, a situation flash up for you as you're reading that I think I don't think it's a specific situation more that it is just habits uh-huh that are ego and pain body connected together for yep. me okay that I need to just go boop yep okay and, like free myself from them okay because I think that, yeah, that just gets all this in here and then it goes, like you said, up to the head uh, and amplifies. And ends up with you being dizzy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So aside from taking iron, it's just being aware of, of those habits. I know what they are. Okay. Actually- so that was, that was my, my question. Are the specific things flicking up for you and you have the specific things coming well, up? Yeah, well, one of them is um, I just know my the certain thought patterns now. I'm yep. very aware of the ones that I need to, that I want to break, let go mm-hmm. of. Now, one is, as obviously after we talked last week, people people who have access to our pre-record stuff will hear me because I was in tears talking about money. Yeah. But those are some thought patterns I need to release like now. And I have been actually doing that which also I think is why I feel better today. Oh, great. So those. And then a lot of thought patterns around motherhood, I think, for me. Yeah. I think they're your two big, uh, rep- yeah. big your, they're your big cycles, money yeah. and motherhood. Mm-hmm. So I'm just becoming really aware when my mind starts to go blah, 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 about stuff that's not true that I'm just, it's yeah. just a habit of me yeah. thinking that way yeah. and just I stop it like I have a method I can use now to just stop mid-track accept it but then say all right you're gone okay you know? great happy with that yeah it makes sense because my kids are home more okay now cool. all the time lots of opportunities to work on the big stuff yeah yeah so my question is I'm revisiting an old situation that I have spoken about before on the show. 
And I would like guidance for a sisterly relationship, not my blood sister, uh, and whether to pursue a, a closer relationship or just let it go and let it be what it is now. So you're using what book? I'm using Getting Into the Vortex by Esther and Jerry Hicks. Okay. Okay. From your place of alignment, beneficial behaviour will be inspired and wonderful things will unfold with great ease. And the more ease you feel, the less resistance you hold and the more cells of your body can find their balance. I think I'm going to stop right there. Maybe a little bit more. When you are not in vibrational alignment with your source, you are still able to use your willpower to motivate yourself into action. But there is nothing very pleasant about that kind of behaviour. <laughs> and in the larger scheme of things, it is also relatively unproductive. <laughs> <laughs> and I did need to read just that little bit more. <laughs> I'm going to put a bookmark right there so I can come back and have a read of that. So... I could motivate myself into action, but there's nothing very pleasant about that kind of behavior. And in the larger scheme of things, it's also relatively unproductive. So I'm not going to force anything. I'm just going to let it be what it is. I'm not going to pursue anything actively. I will let it evolve as it does. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. <laughs> Did you get anything else out of that? No, that's exactly what I got out of it too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very good. All right. So we're at the end of the show. Thank you for hanging out with us for the last hour, darlings. Um, I have a special announcement. I am getting married on Monday. And so yay. the next, yay. So the next time you hear my voice, I will be sporting a fabulous new ring and be Mrs. with my Mrs. who's downstairs <laughs> doing something now. So that's very exciting. So we're still going to yeah. record the show. We're um, staycationing. I, I, I just think it's hilarious. This week I'm staycationing with my fiance. Next week I'm staycationing with my wife. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. so that's very exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to share that with everyone. I'm getting yeah. married. I'm getting married. So, congratulations. Um, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'm very excited. You'll have, have to send some photos of the day. Yeah, well, we don't have That's a photographer. Fun. It's going to be very simple. We had to postpone our party, which will happen right. later on in the year sometime. Um, but we're still getting married. Um, just our, our two witnesses. It'll just be the four of us. We'll go and get married and then I'll cook us brunch or something because it's a very early service. Yeah. And, um, so I will ask someone to take some photos so we have some memories of yeah. the morning. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll share those with uh, 
I'll, I'll send, uh, I'll, I'll put them, maybe not in the show notes, but if you are subscribed to our email list, which you can go over mm-hmm. to our website, belgaridandbeyond.goddesskindle.com, subscribe to the mailing list. I will send a, a special email, wedding announcement with photos out to our email list. So that won't be a public thing on the Facebook page, but people in our private group, uh, the patron group and the mailing list. We'll get a little yeah. something. Because, uh, of course, you're all fascinated with, you know, uh, what we do. <laughs> no, I think most listeners would want to see a little photo of your wedding day. That's a big day. You know, and I'm, yeah. you know, happy to share it with you all. This is yeah, our little community. So I think it's mm-hmm. cool. But speaking of the website, that's where you'll find all the extended show notes of all the episodes and they contain all the links to everything we talk about. And I usually throw some extra stuff in there, some weirdness and some gorgeousness and just some love in the show notes. So go over there and have a look and have a scroll through. Maybe have a laugh, find something interesting and good for you. Um, You can leave a voice message for us and there'll be a link in the show notes for you to do that. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Belgarid and Beyond. And you can email belgaridandbeyond at gmail.com uh, with all your questions and comments. And um, Alicia and I are indie artists. And the best way for you to support us and, well, support this show is to become a patron. And you can find out more at patreon.com forward slash Belgarid and Beyond. And there'll be a link in the show notes for you to do that. Yep. What else? Oh, hashtag. So the hashtag this week, Elise, is if you want to like throw it around, if you're on one of the social media places, use the hashtag a tree fell on me (laughs) to talk about the show or to make, you know, some lovely weirdness in one of our social media spaces. That would be great. Yeah. Create some laughter this week. (laughs) Yes, please. It's good for the soul. Yeah, I found a, well, somebody posted um, uh, for The Witcher, Mm. an image from the show of The Witcher. He's had this like kind of stance, like he was going like that to that girl, Renfri. Like with his hand out going, stop. Kind of something like that. And then somebody, you know, added the little meme to it that said, Something about social distancing. I can't remember. But it was really funny. It was really funny. It's just like that kind of stuff. But if anybody knows the meme that Alicia is talking about, please send it to us on the Facebook page. That would be great. Yeah. I had it and I think I deleted it, but it was really funny. Oh. It's just that stuff. And just like um Jack Black created a video of himself uh voicing the theme song of Game of Thrones with just his mouth. Really? And, and then he did a little video of himself running around with a cape and a hood and a sword, just random places <laughs> around town that were like completely empty because nobody's out. Uh, so it was so good. It's just like that kind of stuff is so good. Yeah. So more humor. Mean. Be kind to yourselves. Look after each other. Give yourself a break. Let yourself yeah. breathe, my darlings. That really is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. and we'll be back mm-hmm. next week yeah see you guys next week mm-hmm.